Everyone, welcome to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should too. Every day on the podcast, we discuss faith, spirituality, and the paranormal with an open heart and open mind. Today, I am discussing the really interesting text that we've been reading uh, called The Apocalypse of Adam, in which it proposes that God is actually an evil alien or the creator God that we think of within the book of Genesis being an evil creator entity rather than the most high loving source type God. Um, and we're going to be getting into that a lot deeper today. I started this series yesterday. We've got two podcasts out already where I'm going through this text, really, really unpacking what is in it. Um, and it's very, very important if you are kind of in that process of deconstruction or reconstruction or seeking spirituality, this is a great place to start uh, because it's going to give you a whole different view and mindset of what the popular common theology uh, is. And one of the things that I've been proposing for a long time is the fact that the God of this world, the God that is worshipped by millions of people around the world, is actually a uh, a negative entity, a negative alien entity, or at least a negative mindset or a negative um, vibration or entity, whatever you want to view that as. Um, I don't really care how you view that, but um, I think the mythologies all kind of tell the same type of story, which is the fact that there's a flesh creation and a spiritual creation. And un and unfortunately, the flesh creation um, has trapped the spiritual creation within this lower density vibration where we are uh, essentially stuck in the matrix here. And so um, what I shared yesterday was just a beautiful, beautiful uh, discussion. And uh, we got really into, you know, what Adam is going through in this text, just to give a recap. Adam is telling his son Seth, um, and this is Adam of Adam and Eve from the book of Genesis, is telling his son Seth, uh, hey, your mother knew the true mysteries. She came from another realm or another aeon, um, and uh, she, she knew them and recounted them with me. Um, and I remembered a little bit, but now we've fallen into darkness and we've both forgotten. Uh, what's up, Missy? How are you doing? And so um, this is really kind of a tale of remembering, remembering who they really are and where they really come from. And this ties in perfectly to a lot of things that I've been talking about and discussing uh, with the idea of Jesus himself being the illuminator, the light worker, the light bearer, the Lucifer character within the Bible, uh, which is not something that's comfortable or easy for most people to hear. Uh, but it's there, it's there in the text, it's there in the understanding, and if you take away good theology from it, if you're here for good theology, this is not the right place, uh, but if you take away good theology uh, from it, then and you read it as a story, and you go, okay, what is the narrative of this story, it makes a whole lot more sense. If you can like remove your emotions from it, remove your doctrine or your dogma or your upbringing or whatever, you just read it as a story, as a mythology. Then all of a sudden the mind goes, wait a minute, here's the narrative. Here's the thing that's kind of underneath that runs, that's this one truth that kind of runs through this text as well as other mythologies. The idea that we are not flesh beings, we are spiritual light beings. And ultimately there are gods 
tons of different gods and tons of different mythologies. Then you get some of them, um, and it's kind of the same through a lot of different mythologies that say, no, 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 I'm the only god. I want to be worshipped above all else. And then you get uh, these characters like Krishna, Buddha, Jesus, many other ascended masters. I am a devotee of Jesus personally. Um, however, as you can tell, I'm, I'm certainly not a traditional churchianity, religiosity type uh, believer. I'm a mystic, a light worker, an entertainer, an enlightener, an illuminator. Okay. And by the way, I know nothing. Uh, I'm just here to share what I'm experiencing, what I'm going through, and, uh, you know, kind of look at these texts with just a really authentic light of like, hey, I don't know, but this is what it says, and this makes a whole lot more sense. So, uh, and somebody said, uh, not in my Bible, uh, not the Bible that I read. And, uh, you know, here's the deal. We can all read the same Bible, the same text, and we can all come away with different understandings. Um, and what I propose is that we read it without attachment. And that's one of the most beautiful understandings I have of the yogic traditions that I study, practice, and teach is uh, to sit in repose without expectation in the moment, being here now, heaven is here now within you, the, the kingdom of God is within you. Uh, if thine eye be single, the whole body is full of light. We are the body. We are one. We are the super soul. Literally all the things that Jesus taught, by the way, definitely was not corroborating all of the religiosity, the churchianity, the politico, uh, all of the different um, trends that were happening in the time of Jesus. So um, Erica says, hey, Cub, hope you're having a beautiful day. Thank you. I am. I hope you are too, my friend. Welcome. Uh, Rock Me says, have you read the Nag Hammadi Library? Gnostic stuff was banned by Christians in the first century. That's actually what this is from, Rock Me. This is uh, called The Apocalypse of Adam. It's from the Nag Hammadi Library. Uh, it was found in the Nag Hammadi Desert in like the 40s, 1940-something. Um, you can go look up all the specific information on it. Um, I am not an intellectual, by the way. Um, I'm not a debater of you know, this is this and that is that. I am an esoteric soul searcher. That's what all my videos are about. I'm not here to prove anything to anyone or tell you this is this and that is that. Ultimately, I want to help you find the way within you. I think that's what the middle path is. That's what the narrow path that Jesus talked about. Uh, it's not this dogmatic thing that we've turned it into, in my opinion. It's this actual open, loving heart chakra open chakras in alignment, going within, finding that kingdom within, and bringing forth the abundance that's already within you. Um, that's what I teach. That's what I believe. That's where I'm at in my life. So um, with that said, we're going to jump into this text today. And this is hard for people to hear, but it's uh, I'm going to reveal the name of this evil God. By the way, the God of this world, again, I believe millions of people worship this God. Unbeknownst to them, they often mixed the the Jesus narrative with this you know Old Testament God or this angry vengeful God narrative and try to justify how uh, now we're forgiven and we're loved by the angry Father and really it was just the wrath against our flesh but Jesus justified our flesh and 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 it just the whole thing breaks down even in logic even like with your heart like going that doesn't make sense like you end up with the most dualistic bipolar addictive personality. Um, by following those teachings. And, and guys, I've been there. I've, I've been at the point where my life was so dualistic. I, I hated myself, and I loved myself, and I was narcissistic, and um, I would do whatever I could to feel better. 
Um, and all the while, God loves me. Thank God for Jesus, you know, because I'm such a horrible, horrible sinner. And by the way, the more you tell yourself that and the more you think that, the more you become that. Um, and then you realize that you really are co-creating your own reality. And the truth about you is that you're perfect and you're beautiful and you're loved. And you're literally a part of the supreme being because you are literally one with all. And so that understanding, when you realize that you're an energetic being and you be begin to remember that, that place of return, that home is within and God is within. And then once you go within, then you can pour out of that, that same well that Jesus himself drank from, uh, as he talks about in the Gnostic Gospel of Thomas. Um, what's up, my friend B-Dev? How are you doing? Uh, Tammy says, such a great understanding to be in. Thank you very, very much, Tammy. I appreciate that. Hillary says, I've been seeing frequencies. They are communicating. Uh, I was just standing out in the sun earlier, guys, and uh, you talk about some communication. Um, I can feel it. You know, I can see it. Uh, I just was watching the sky dance. Um, it's a beautiful, crisp blue day. Um, one of the things I, you know, go outside and do is I do not agree to trails in the sky. I do not agree to the mist that covers the beauty of the sun. I do not agree to being in darkness. I agree to love and light. I agree to source pouring through me, but also from the sun, through the candles, through the lights, everywhere, feeding me, upgrading me, continuing to remind me who I am and continuing me on my ascension path. Uh, so that there's love, light, and forgiveness all around me with all people, and that people can see that, and like moth to a flame, here they come. Um, and that's because there's so many souls in darkness right now. We have one of the biggest religious constructs that we've ever had in the history of this planet, and we have more people in darkness today than ever before. And why is that? Because these ancient mystic teachings have been lost, we don't remember who we are. We've traded truth for a lie. We've traded ashes uh, for pearls. We had this beautiful pearl of understanding and spiritual enlightenment, and it's been traded for the ash, for the flesh, for money, for fame, for... Um, and not even just that. I think it's easy to demonize that because uh, we look at like all these pastors and stuff, and, and they got money and cars and whatever, but here's the deal. Again, it's like, look at the fruit. Like, are they actually helping people? That's what I look at. I don't really care what anyone's lifestyle is like. You guys know I support all different lifestyles on here. I don't care who you're married to, where you do or don't go to church, uh, what the color of your skin is, uh, LGBTQ, we love you here. Like, literally, there's no, I don't have judgment for you here. Uh, and I really mean that. Like, the only thing that we don't really condone here is when people are just being jerks, when they're just being mean, when they're disrupting the stream, um, or just posting, you know, really ignorant comments that are just meant to troll on people. Uh, and that's really the only thing, you know, beyond that, I, I just support you on your walk. I'm not here to tell you how to do things, but ultimately I want to encourage you in your walk because I believe if you continue to go within, you're going to find truth. And by the way, we're going to be in agreement because uh, I believe the Spirit of God is always in agreement. And why is it that millions of people claim to have the Holy Spirit right now and not one of them agrees with it, with their brother? Uh, they all have disagreements on everything. It's and, and I don't believe that that spiritual vibration of truth disagrees. I think that's why more and more people are rising up right now and saying, hey, I love you. You're good enough. I forgive you. Let's have peace and joy with each other. Look at this app, TikTok, right here, TikTok. 
uh, trying to take it away right now. Look at all the unity it's brought together. Like, look at the people. Like, I think we've realized that we don't actually want to argue. We just want to be heard and seen. Um, like, can we agree on that? Can we like get an amen on that? I think we just want to be heard and seen. I don't think that we have to be um, in argument with people all the time. I don't think people honestly care uh, if you vote blue or red. I don't think people honestly care if you're Baptist or Muslim or, or Jewish or agnostic or atheist or whatever. I, I don't think people actually care. I think people actually want love. And I think my channel is proof of that. I think TikTok is proof of that. I think, honestly, even Facebook and Instagram and YouTube can be proof of that. If we think about these algorithms and we go like, oh, they're they're against us, and I've been in that position recently, ultimately, I think it's get the message to the people that need it. And if we feed and support those things, that's what they're going to feed back to us. We did that on TikTok because it was such a new, brand new landscape, and the algorithm was right for us to program it. We've given these other platforms what they think we want, which is division. And ultimately, if we stop feeding that and seeing it and agreeing to it, it's going to go away. And I believe that. And then we can still build our economy on something beautiful. We can still, um, and, and you guys know I'm not a conspiracy theorist on here. So I do agree that there's evil powers in the world, but I believe that they only have the control that we give them. And we're going to see that in this text here, too. And I'm going to go ahead and jump in, and then I'll take some more friends. What's up, Truth That Travels? How are you guys doing? Um, let's see. Uh, so I'm going to reveal the name of this evil god, which is really, really interesting in here. So um, this gets deep. So uh, we're about to talk about the flood. So Adam says, Now then, my son Seth, I will reveal to you the things which those men whom I saw before me at first revealed to me. After I had completed the times of this generation and the years of the generation have been accomplished, then blank, slave, blank. Now, again, there's that word. We know that he feels very indentured to this God of the world uh, or this creator God. So from the text, as we go through it, we're going to see more of that. Then he goes on and says, for rain showers of God, the almighty will be poured forth. Now, by the way, I want to point something out when he says God, the almighty here. He's not talking about source. He's not talking about the supreme being. He's talking about God on high, God on Almighty, uh, this Creator God that that made Himself the Most High. Um, now, and I want want you to remember that. And we've talked a lot about that. Um, Angel Appleseed says, "Drinking my coffee along with you, awesome. Thank you very much." Uh, yeah, I like these little coffee things in the morning. I'm just going to keep doing the eleven o'clock with a little coffee. Good place to be in, just a nice pace as, as we get into the morning here, or really towards noon, actually. But um, And so he says, uh, for rain showers of God Almighty will be poured forth so that he might destroy all flesh uh, of God Almighty so that he might de destroy all flesh. And I don't know why that's in parentheses, but apparently it needed stating again. From the earth on account of the things that it seeks after, along with those from the seed of the men whom passed the life of knowledge, which came from me and Eve, your mother. For they were strangers to him. Afterwards, great angels will come on high clouds, whom will bring those men into the place of the spirit of life dwells. Blank glory, blank there, blank. Come from heaven to earth, 
then the whole multitude of flesh will be left behind in the waters. So this is the prophecy or the foretelling of the flood, the great flood narrative that runs through literally, I think almost every culture I've looked into of these ancient cultures have some sort of flood narrative or flood myth. Um, and so K. Colossus says, what are you reading? This is actually from the Apocalypse of Adam. It's a Gnostic text from the Nag Hammadi Library. Um, and uh, I've got two other videos on it. Definitely, definitely go watch yesterday's podcasts on this because they are fire. Uh, this has been a really, really good series. So uh, go check those out uh, to kind of catch up on what this is. So, And then I'll be doing a series of shorter videos, kind of just giving the spark notes on this, if you will. So, um, And so really what we're talking about here is this great flood, and you've got God... Um, you know, flooding out all the flesh and getting rid of what he didn't want. Um, then God will restore from his wrath. Now, even though it's capitalized here, this is like their most high God at this point, not the truth of where they came from. And, and I'm going to give that distinction here in a little bit. Then God will rest from his wrath uh, and he will cast his powers upon the waters and he will give power to his sons and their wives by means of the ark along with animals Whichever uh, he pleased, the birds of heaven now which uh, are released upon the earth. And God will say to Noah, whom the generations will call uh, Deucalion. Deucalion, by the way, is the Greek version of Noah. And it, he's kind of more of a widely mythologically known character. And so that's an interesting thing that this puts that distinction in here. Uh, Behold, I have protected you in the ark along with your wife and your sons and their wives and their animals and the birds of heaven, which you have called and released upon the earth. Therefore, I will give the earth to you, you and your sons. In kingly fashion, you will rule over it. Now, we remember, dominion over the, the earth. Remember, we have that in, in Genesis. So, in kingly fashion, you will rule over it, you and your sons, and no seed will come from you of the men who will not stand in the presence, in my presence, in another glory. Then they will become as the cloud of great light. Those men will come who have been cast forth from the knowledge of the great aeons and the angels. They will stand before Noah and the aeons. And God will say to Noah, why have you departed from me that I told you? Uh, why have you departed from what I told you? Um, so God said to Noah, why did you depart from what we agreed upon, basically? Uh, you have created another generation so that you might scorn my power. Then Noah will say, I shall testify before your might that the generation of these men did not come from me, nor my sons. And then it says blank knowledge. By the way, when I say blank, it's because there's pieces of this text missing. These were on uh, papyrus in the desert in jars of clay. Um, and essentially, you know, they didn't all stand the test of time so they piece them together and there's blank spots in them so that's when i when i say blank i'm not uh bleeping out a bad word i'm just saying that there's no text there it's like dot 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 um so then uh let's see da, 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 where was i um and he will blank those men and bring them into their proper land and build them a holy dwelling place and they will be called by the name by that name and dwell there 600 years in knowledge of imperishability and angels of great light will dwell with them no foul deed will dwell in their hearts 
uh, but only the knowledge of God. Now, I want to talk about the literal and esoteric translations of this, by the way. I read um, all texts, including the, the biblical canon, including um, the ancient Hindu texts, including Buddhist texts, including uh, this one from two different points of view. I look at it as if it's a, it's a story, it's a mythology of what maybe actually happened, but also I look at it as an esoteric representation. And so we can look at this and go, angels dwelled with them, these spiritual beings, like, you know, they were protected, they were guided by these angels. Or we can look at it of like the literal thing and understand that there's so many reports through these ancient texts of shining ones, of stars falling from heaven, of what would literally look like orbs in the sky or UFO technology. And so you guys know I get into the paranormal on this, and I think we have to be really honest about some of this stuff is just so weird. And I know my hair is crazy today, guys. Sorry. Uh, some of this stuff is just so weird that we have to understand that it sounds like they've gone into this land, they're going to dwell there for hundreds of years, and they're literally going to have UFOs parked around this land. Um, and we, we understand this. Uh, hey guys, don't drop phone numbers in the chat. I mean, come on, that's, that's a perfect example of why Facebook has been a pain in my butt lately. Um, don't spam my comments with phone numbers and no, I'm not going to call you. If you want to be a part of our community, there are ways to do that. I'll share that later, but I don't reach out to people personally. We've got too many people on here to do that and that's just not my style. So, um, please remove that from the comments. Don't be putting your phone number in here. Um, so with that said, guys, I'm sorry. There's always somebody that, that gets, you know, that has to do something goofy in the comments. But that's why not a lot of people do live podcasts. This is a live, raw podcast. And I got to tell you, it took a lot of guts for me to do this live rather than pre-record it and distribute it. Uh, just because of that, it takes a whole different skill level, a whole different commitment to do this with all these iPads going and really do a live podcast. So thank you guys uh, for your support, by the way. Um, and then we get in. It says, Then Noah will divide the whole earth among his sons, Ham and Japheth and Shem. He will say to them, My sons, listen to my words. Behold, I have divided the earth among you, but serve him in fear and slavery all the days of your life. There's that word again, guys. Serve him in fear and slavery. Why do we have to serve God in fear and slavery? And then I've heard so many people try to decode this and go, oh, it's, it's, the sl it's slavery of your soul. It's, it's fear of the heart. It's, it's a positive thing. No, that's BS. That's belief systems, guys. Come on. Why do you have to fear your God, okay? That does not make any sense. Why do you have to be a slave to your God? And then you get all these people that are theologians and they try to go, Oh, it's because of the culture back then and blah, blah, blah. I don't care culture or not. Look at the fruit, guys. That's not good fruit. That's not a culture that I think any of us want to be a part of. That's not what... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Rogni says having a job is slavery. Absolutely. That's why I do this. Now, there are still parts of this that you know, I'm tied to that, that I have to uh, promote my products and stuff like that. If I could just do this and be free and not worry about anything, that'd be great. But ultimately, we all have to somehow serve into the system to survive and uh, we'll talk more about that later it's literally the system that this guy set up the sakla as i'm about to read by the way spoiler alert there's his name um and we're about to get to that i've got to get to that in this episode so 
Um, and so, uh, and uh, let's see. But serve him in fear and slavery all the days of your life. Let not your seed depart from the face of God the Almighty. Again, talking about himself here. Uh, and your son, Noah, my seed will be pleasing before you and before your power. Seal it by your strong hand with fear and commandment. Again, more fear there. Uh, so that the whole seed which came forth from me may not be inclined away from you and God Almighty, but it will serve in humility and fear of its knowledge. Again, more fear, guys. More fear. Then others from the seed of Ham and Japheth uh, will come, 400,000 men, and enter into the land and sojourn, which means stay for a while with those men who came forth from the great eternal knowledge. For the shadow of their power will protect those who have sojourned with them in every evil thing and unclean desire. Um, The seed of Ham and Japheth will form 12 kingdoms, 12 tribes, 12 disciples. You know, there's that number, okay? Uh, And their seed will also enter into the kingdom of another people. So this is where it gets interesting. Then blank will take counsel, who are dead of the great aeons imperishability, and they will go to Sakla, their god. They will go to the powers accusing the great men who are in their glory. Now, the great men that it's talking about here, think about this for a second. We don't have any direct ties in this this text to it, but if you think about the Book of Enoch, we've been talking about and the Nephilim, the men of renown, or the great heroes of old. And remember, I don't go to the literal of their giants. I go to the understanding that they're the heroes, they're the, the light workers, the star seeds. They are the hybrids, if you will, uh, at least within spirit of of the alchemy, understanding that we are spirit first and flesh second, um, and that they are you know essentially these illuminated ones, and so that that kind of ties to that there, uh, the great men who are in their glory. Um, then it goes on, and that's just my opinion. By the way, you may read something different into it, but that's my opinion. They will say to Sakla. What is the power of these men who stood in your presence, who were taken from the seed of Ham and Japheth, who will number 400,000 men? They have been received into another aeon form, which they had come forth. So basically, they've been received into another realm. And remember, I talked about aeons being kind of where we get the word eon from. And so it could be a measurement of time, but it also talks about realms. We could say it's densities or dimensions, but again, I see it as realms where these, um, you know, these gods are able to jump between realities, essentially. So, um, for the seed of Noah and his sons has done all your will, so have all the powers in the aeons, which over your might rules. While both these men and the ones who are sojourners in their glory have not done your will, but they have turned aside your whole throng. Then the god of the aeons will give them some of those who serve blank, they will come upon the land where the great men will dwell and not have been defiled, nor will be defiled by any desire. For their soul did not come from a defiled hand, but it came from a great commandment of an eternal angel. Then fire and sulfur and asphalt will be cast upon those men, and fire and blinding mist will come upon those aeons, and the eyes of the powers of the illuminators will be darkened. Now there's a key word, the illuminators will be darkened and the aeons will not see them in those days. So we're talking about a period of time here 
when the great illuminators will not be present and essentially this plan will be able to unfold um, unencumbered by these light workers, by these illuminators. Uh, that's how I interpret it, by the way. Again, you can interpret it however you want, but this is just my interpretation of it. Uh, and great clouds of light will descend and other clouds of light will come down upon from the great aeons. Now, what I'm about to read here is literally going to tie all of this, I think, to Jesus, to Lucifer. Again, I believe that Jesus is that Lucifer archetype that we hear about in the Bible. It's just been flipped and twisted because when you hear about Lucifer coming against God in the Bible and you're taught that the God of the Bible is the God of Jesus, that doesn't work. When you understand that Jesus was not corroborating anything that had been going on under these systems of control, and he was speaking about a different God, a new God, a return to knowledge, a return to illumination, and then you realize that he is essentially that angel that fell, that light worker. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. Um, and by the way, fall, think about lowering vibration so that you can enter the matrix. That's ultimately what we would view as falling. Uh, so it's not so much falling as like, oh, he became evil. It's falling as he fell in vibration to join us and help us remember. Now think about that. Uh, reading says, love your streams. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, that's a good, uh, Odin said something about different, uh, blood types, by the way, I don't really get into that because I think that this truth is in all of us and I don't really care what, you know, type you are. I don't think that it has anything to do with our, uh, genetic makeup or our material design here, um, as human beings. I think ultimately this is again, an esoteric story of the truth of your soul within the connection to the super soul the fact that we're a part of the supreme being and ultimately that's what we're here to remember we're here to burn karmic cycles practice spirituality practice loving and serving all and ultimately walk that path that jesus buddha krishna all walked and taught us exactly how to do life in the most simplistic way um without serving into these systems of control now ultimately we're called to be in the world not of the world type thing so um, Pete says it's a slippery slope comparing Jesus to Lucifer, but I'm listening. So, Hey, actually it's not Pete. And, and that's a good point. A lot of people have that. Ask yourself, where does that come from? Like, if you feel like that's a slippery slope, why? Like, cause the church told you because the Bible told you cause the doctrine told you again, I said at the beginning of this, read your Bible with like zero expectation Read it with no religious allegiance. Read it with an open heart and an open mind, and then you're going to get a different narrative, and you're going to understand that Jesus was coming against God, not... By the way, when I say God, I'm not talking about the supreme being or the super source of all. I'm talking about the God that most people in the world worship, the God that has been worshipped here because he created everything. Um, I'm not talking about the energetic creator and the source of life and all that is literally connected to us, which is literally the message of Jesus, Krishna, Buddha. Like, um, and so that's really where, like, I don't see it as a slippery slope. Now it is if I was in the religious right or if I was a pastor or something like that, but I'm not. I have no attachment to that anymore. Um, I, I love anyone that does. I have lots of friends that are pastors. But again, I don't think you can come to this deeper esoteric understanding without complete detachment from anything that you think you know and any place of judgment. If you're sitting in judgment of this is right, this is wrong, especially within doctrine or theology, 
then you can't come to this place of deeper enlightenment. And for me, that was true. Like I had to agree to give up all of that. And I literally had to give up all of that. I even had, um, you know, a lot of things in my life that I had to give up financially, house, car, everything like that to, to do what I'm doing now and really come to these understandings. And that was out of a deep heartfelt place to my God, to source, to father, uh, to mother, to whatever you want to call it, really to that source being that I knew was real. And I'm like, I don't know what to call you. I don't really believe all of this that I'm being told. I've been told it since I was a kid. I don't understand all of this. Like, um, and so ultimately it was just a great place where I could just let go and, and create a lot of detachment between me and doctrine and dogma and step into a place of reading it with just completely open heart, open mind. And I really think that if you do that, my friend, um, you will, you will come to probably some of the same conclusions. Now, I don't think you need to come to my conclusions, but I bet you will come to some, um, I actually know the God of this earth is not Lucifer. There's nowhere that says that the God of this world is Yahweh, Yaldabaoth, Sacklaw. Um, it is the, the God of the old Testament, the God of the Bible. It's the same thing that all the archetypes of our systems of control are built on. Uh, revealing information to you guys. Listen to me. Don't sleep on what I'm saying. This is really, really important um, because this understanding has taken me a lot of sacrifice to get to, and ultimately that's what it takes. So, um, Thank you very much. Tyler says you gave it all up, but now you have an amazing podcast twice a day as well as the Mythos Group that's filled with amazing people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Tyler. Thank you so much. You know, and that's that's the thing. Like we go through these times in our life where we have to give stuff up, where we feel like we're suffering, whatever that is, and to count it all as loss, like count it all as blessing, because ultimately that's we're burning through karmic cycles. We're stepping into our life's work. You have a life's work too. Your life's work isn't just to get up in the morning, have coffee, go to work, come home, take care of the kids, crash, and go to bed. And it might be in the season right now, but you have a life's work. And I believe we all have a life's work that ultimately is a whole lot deeper than just being a cog in the wheel. And I'm not telling everybody to go out and quit what you're doing. That is not the path for most people. But I'm telling you, I've had to go through a lot of that because I wouldn't have this story. I wouldn't have what we're doing here if I hadn't been willing to cut detachment from all of that. If I was still trying to justify all of this in the light of some doctrinal dogma rather than a completely open heart and open mind, I couldn't find these understandings. Um, a lot of people say that I'm trying to cherry pick and prove my point. I don't have a point. Like, I really don't. This is stuff that I organically come to this understanding because I've put myself in repose, no expectation as an observer, not a judge of what the text says. And then I look within my heart to find that truth within me and realize that this makes way more sense than anything I learned in church. And that's just for me. I'm, again, I'm not telling anybody to leave your church. Uh, but for me, I had to step completely out of that construct to get down to the root of what I knew I was looking for, what I knew was calling to me in some way. So um, let's see. I asked a question on YouTube, Adam Noel. Okay, awesome, uh, Quantum Christ. I will go check your question. Um, I get a lot of questions on there lately, which is great, but we converted this to a podcast over there and it's just been an explosion of comments. So 
Thank you. I will go look for your specifically uh, from Adam on there. So thank you very much. Um, and so I want to kind of end this one with talking about um, this illuminator of knowledge. And I'm going to end with these next two lines here. And then I'll take a couple of questions. And then my dog wants to go outside. You know, it never fails. So um, Abraxas and Sabalo and Gamaliel will descend and bring those men out of the fire and wrath and take them above the aeons and the rulers of power and take them away, blank of life, blank, and take them away, blank aeons, blank dwelling place of the great blank there with the holy angels and the aeons. The men will be like those angels, for they are not strangers to them, but they work in the imperishable seed. I don't know who Abraxas, Sabalo, and Gamaliel are or who these men are. But this sounds a lot like the archetypal prophets of the Old Testament. You got like Elijah going up, Enoch. You've got some prophets that are taken up. And that's kind of what I think this is talking about. I will go and do a little more research on this and look at that. But that's kind of where my mind goes with this. Again, you can, uh, you can uh, definitely uh, look into this yourself. And again, this is called the... Uh, Apocalypse of Adam. It's um, public domain. You can find it in a lot of different places online. So it's from the Nag Hammadi Library. But uh, once again, for the third th for the third time, once again for the third time, the Illuminator of Knowledge will pass by in great glory, in order to leave the seed of Noah and the sons of Ham and Japheth, to leave for himself fruit bearing trees. He will redeem their souls from the day of death. For the whole creation that came from the dead earth will be under the authority of death. But those who reflect upon the knowledge of the eternal God in their hearts, now this is a different God, of the eternal God in their hearts will not perish. For they have not received spirit from this kingdom alone, but they have received it from a blank eternal angel, blank illuminator, blank will come upon, blank that is dead, blank of Seth, and will perform signs and wonders in order to scorn the powers of their ruler. Boom. Who does that sound like? Who does that sound like, guys? If that doesn't sound like Jesus to you, I don't know what does. Signs and wonders in order to scorn the powers of the rulers of this world. The great illuminator of knowledge. The great angel illuminator that will be falling or coming from this other realm for the third time it will pass by in great glory in order to leave something of the seed of Noah and the sons of Ham and Japheth to leave for himself fruit-bearing trees. He will redeem their souls from the day of death. Think about that. What does that even mean? That's like literally the archetypal prophecy for this, I don't even want to say Messiah. I mean, you can put Messiah on there. I think there's too many things where there's all these Messiahs all over the place all the time. And so ultimately for me, the Illuminator, the Light Bearer, the Lucifer. Look up Lucifer in the Latin Vulgate. It says, Shining One, Son of the Dawn. Oh, far you have fallen from heaven. It's talking about a falling star, essentially. Think about that. The Illuminator of Knowledge, the Great Glory. It's going to pass by again for the third time. Now, we, you know, we can get into our solar system and think about different planets passing by. Like, what is that? Are there these light workers that are jumping off at that time and planting these seeds, these vines of knowledge with us so that they can come back and harvest that? Well, that makes a whole lot of sense when you look at the esoteric revelation of Jesus, uh, not these literal 
you know, it's got to be this, this, and this, and this all has to make sense. Like we have to look at the fruit, look at the root. And for me, my whole life, I've been able to see the light. I've been obsessed with light. I was even a lighting designer for theater for a long time. And so I've always been obsessed with that source, that source of light. And um, for me, it comes through in many, many different forms. Ultimately, it comes through with us. Um, yeah, absolutely. He may have protected or procreated with Eve as well. Now, there is a really interesting thing, Eric. Great. What's up, my friend? I haven't seen you in a while. Welcome. There is a thing that we're going to be getting to where he actually talks about how he created another offspring, like the, the evil God created another offspring with uh, Eve. And so we haven't even gotten to that yet. But that's that's a weird little kind of offshoot. Don't really understand what that means. But we're going to talk about that on this afternoon's episode. Uh, because all of these are archetypes for the good versus evil, the light versus dark. Um, you know, why does it, even in the Bible, it talks about, you know, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Well, think about that. Because that's like literally the archetype for Yahweh, that he would dwell in clouds of thick smoke, but he would also appear in the burning bush. And he would like, and it literally says, oh, Yahweh, you clothe yourself with light. Essentially, he can take it off like as a disguise. If you track those verses back and forth, it makes total sense, guys. Yeah, the Anunnaki tie into this beautifully, by the way. That's the Sumerian and Babylonian mythology of this. This is going to be more of the Gnostic uh, mythology of this. So uh, these are all things I try to look at uh, back and forth. So Rebecca says, what time this afternoon? 3 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, everywhere, guys. If you love what I'm talking about today, by the way, please consider joining our Mythos group. Our Mythos community is our patron support community. It supports the work that I'm doing here. I do this full time. And we've been proven in the last few weeks that we cannot trust these platforms to continue supporting creators. They're always changing stuff. They're pulling stuff on and offline all the time. I've lost personally thousands of dollars a month in the last couple of weeks with no notice from some of these platforms, the way they're doing things, just taking it from creators. They're not singling me out or anything. This is just the economy online right now. So the only thing that I can do to kind of hedge against that and protect what we're doing here and continue to support what we're doing here, keep showing up every day, is by having my patron support group. It's nine bucks a month. We've got a private community in there. We have live stream calls every weekend within the community. Um, all of those things are unlisted. So um, now it is still a public forum, but uh, we, it's not like you know everybody in the world is in that. So it's, it's a much more intimate setting. Um, I get to do weekly projects. I'm about to post our project this week. We have an open chat going all the time. Um, we have a beautiful community of people in there. And again, the live calls are just really where we're doing the work with each other, listening to each other. Um, if you want more access to what we're doing here, that is absolutely the way to go. Um, and again, it's only nine bucks a month. Like literally, um, you can spend more than that on a cup of coffee these days. So please consider doing that. Um, it's a great, great way to just join deeper in this community, get more of this message on a regular basis, and ultimately know that you're part of making sure this message keeps showing up online, unencumbered from a bunch of commercials and junk, because ultimately that's one of the ways that they're leaving us right now. And I don't like putting dish soap commercials um, in the middle of these beautiful discussions that we have. So thank you guys for the support. 
www.cubcooker.com. The link is in the profile on all fronts. You can also find Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all of the podcast outlets over there. And by the way, with all the shaking going on on the platforms, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Apple, Spotify, TikTok, everywhere. We don't know which we don't know what's going to be here tomorrow. So just please consider following me on all fronts so that you make sure that this message is coming through loud and clear wherever you're at online. So God bless you, Eric. Appreciate you, my brother. Jesus, for the win. Absolutely. Lightworkers United. Love you guys so much. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, my boy Cub is blowing up. Eric Free says, thank you, my friend. Uh, God bless you and your support, my friend. Uh, I like the shirt, bro. Nathan says, yeah, thank you. This is like my uh, my kind of, I don't know. It's like uh, shadows from a tree. I, I think it's kind of cool. So thank you, guys um tara donahue says thank you so much my spiritual journey has led me to the same conclusions i'm guessing this is confirmation hey you know uh i can neither confirm nor deny if it's confirmation but you're here for a reason thanks for being here my friend um Arox says god bless all uh the ocean is really a portal to space trenton says hey could be uh i think your mind is a portal to space though ultimately so don't forget that Harold, thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and jump off, keep this one just just a tiny bit shorter than normal, but we'll do one this afternoon and get deeper into this. Aerox says, Jesus, breadcrumb trails. Yeah, absolutely. They're literally in every text that we're reading from the Nagamati scriptures to the ancient Babylonian mythologies in the Enuma Elish. There's all of these prophecies, all of these things about a light bearer, that is going to come and redeem humanity. And then there's all of this data about an evil God that wants to suppress humanity. Uh, the only reason we don't commonly know it right now is because that same God has created a construct on three PowerPoints, economic, political, and religious, that keep the perfect trinity there, um, that keep everything in line to run correctly in this three-dimensional realm or the matrix. And the only way to break out of that, guys, is to go within, find that Christ energy within you, find that light bearer within you, manifest that out in the world through love, respect, kindness, joy, peace, um, all of these things. Like set that heart fire ablaze and let it illuminate the darkness because there's plenty of souls right now that need what only you can bring to this world. So I love you guys. Y'all have a beautiful afternoon. I'm going to see you at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Cub uh, Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. Um, one more question here. Uh, somebody says, dang, I thought you were Christian. Um, yeah, I don't think I would consider myself that. I might be a Christian mystic, uh, but I'm definitely more Gnostic, definitely more Eastern mystic. Um, I'm a spiritualist, guys, ultimately at the end of the day. Uh, you can call me whatever you want. But I've left the Christian construct and church and religiosity and churchianity because I can't even lightly call myself that and people understand what I'm doing. So, um, yeah, Eric says we aren't religious. Absolutely. I'm a devotee of Jesus. There's a much different um, understanding when you're a devotee of Jesus versus a Christian by the modern interpretation of it and all of the stigma that comes with that and all of the heartache, and all of the manipulation, and all of the trauma, uh, and unfortunately, I just didn't want anything to do with that anymore, so I respect you if you are, 
but I grew up in the kind of right wing evangelical right, and it was not ultimately um, the path that I'm supposed to take. So I've found peace, love, enlightenment, all the things I was supposed to find in that. I've found by going within, finding the Christ energy within, understanding the esoteric revelations, reading all the different mythologies, sitting in a place without judgment, with no expectations, being here now, finding repose from this world within my spirit being and understanding that I am directly connected to source, to the supreme being, that my soul is a small part of the super soul and I am one, we are one, God is one, truth is one. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, let's see. User GA says, I'm the same spiritualist because of my own experiences, uh, not because I was searching for something. Yeah, absolutely. Like when you just experience this and you're led into this authentic place of like, I need to find that realness, that real reality, the, the truth. I don't even like calling it that because everybody argues about what the truth is. And, and it seems like the truth is so subjective to what your point of view is and ultimately truth is just one that place within you is is absolutely transcendent of anything will travis says brah facts absolutely my friend so anyway y'all have a beautiful day god bless you i love you peace have an awesome afternoon and i hope you get through the work day really really well and i'll see you at three uh got a lot of people that just turn this on at their desks or walk around with earbuds or whatever while i'm doing this so you guys know the uh the schedule now. I love you all. I'll see you. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Missy. Thank you, Mythos Group, by the way. Will, thanks. Rebecca, thank you. Tara, thank you. God bless everybody for being here. Y'all have a beautiful day. Peace.